You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, Chris and myself are going to celebrate Superman week, or Superman day, sorry, uh, a little late, uh, but also we're going to tie in our story this week with Loki. So hopefully you're watching the new season or the new series on Disney Plus, Loki. Uh, Chris, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, it's got a hook to a mystery that I'm intrigued by, so I'm definitely looking forward to episode two. Okay. Uh, as if, as you know, if you watched the first episode or if you just seen the trailers, it's all about time travel. So we picked a time travel story uh, that meant uh, something to us, a little something to us, uh, and also involved <laughs> Superman. Uh, it's called, well, I don't know. Did you go by the title of the last issue or did you go by the title of the first issue? Well, if I'm getting it, like if I'm like, hey, the the fact that it's not actually in trade paperback on its own. And if I'm looking at it, I think that second issue has the better hyper bold title. You know, the, that the greatest hero of them all. So, yeah, I think that's the way to sell this. We're going to talk about the greatest hero of them all. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are going to talk about that story, which spans between issue 37 of Legion of Superheroes, Superman number eight, uh, Action Comics number 561, I believe. 591. 591, yeah, 591. And then uh, Legion of Superheroes number 38. Uh, four four issue story, all having to do with Legion of Superheroes, Superman, and Superboy. So, uh, what a cool, cool uh, addition to post-crisis DC, I think. Uh, and we're going to break that down for you after we get into the Spinner Act, because guess what? It's new comic book day. Yep, no matter what part of the multiverse, omniverse, or megaverse you're in, or if you're time traveling, or whatever you are, comic books will always be there. So, <laughs> this Tuesday, all your brand new DC comics will be available to you. So, Batman Fortnite Zero Point Issue 5 will be out. Uh, this comic has been blowing up, but again, when there's free stuff inside, a.k.a. A digital code, I don't know what it does, but that's definitely been helping it up. Uh, so definitely check that out. I, God, every time I see this, I toy with learning about Fortnite just so I can get my superhero skins and finally have my DC Marvel video game. Like, have you ever heard of, this is such a sidebar, have you ever heard of Mugen, M-U-G-E-N, like the video game? No, I've never heard of it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so picture like... 
uh, Marvel superheroes, X-Men Children of the Atom, or Marvel versus Capcom 1, 2, 3, right? That fighting game engine. So that is just such a, it's a great fighting game engine. I think a lot of people can agree to that. So Mugen, and I don't know if this is a person or a group or what, but Mugen, M-U-G-E-N, they've continued on with that fighting engine and they've just created a ton of skins. So like you could just put like Mugen and then put whatever character you want. And you're probably going to see videos of them fighting in those comic in those, in those video game styles. And like, they have tons of other video game characters and whatnot. So like one of these days I want to learn more about it and actually probably download it so I could play these things and be like, yeah, I'm finally getting captain Adam to, to play in a video game because that's not happening in my universe. You know? <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so it's either Fortnite or Mugen. I'm I'm still leaning towards Mugen. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Continuing along, Catwoman issue 32 will be out. Uh, Ram V has just been killing it on that one. I hear a lot of great stuff from that story arc. Uh, looks good. One thing I am excited for the cover B. So this will be the cardstock cover. Uh, Jenny Frizen has done a cover, and I love it because this screams back to one of my favorite Catwoman costumes that probably doesn't make any sense uh, but i always just remember that's what catwoman looked like in the 90s that purple costume i don't know i just i loved it i thought it was great uh obviously probably being a young you know healthy boy i'm sure that definitely helped <laughs> that decision as well um but i thought it was such a great costume and i love the art on that cover so i think that's really cool um, Flash issue 771 is out. This continues Wally West's adventures of being lost in the Speed Force. Um, I enjoy the, again, cover B. So Brett Booth uh, did a cover of his own. So definitely if you're a Wally Roy fan, this is a great cover. Uh, it's going to hit the heartstrings, though, because... If you remember Heroes in Crisis, uh, Wally and Roy didn't team up so well in that story. So bef um, before you move on to the next thing, let's I want to break down this cover a little bit. I mean, look at look at some of the stuff that's in the background there. Uh, I think the very top, it looks like a uh, maybe Wally and a version of Impulse. So, OK, if we're looking at the very top, the way I took it, um, I think that's Wally and his kids. Okay. So Irie as impulse and Jay in whatever type of costume it is. <laughs> yeah, because if I remember in the pre-Flashpoint continuity, Jay took on the kid Flash outfit, didn't he? Well, I remember Irie became impulse, um, and impulse was still kid flash so like jay oh, kind of right. got the short end like he didn't really have anything like if anything they even tried to like bulk him up i always remember he, like he'd get real muscular looking and i was like that's so weird like why not just let him have speed abilities <laughs> right he did get that bulking but was it a did he take on like um a jesse or a johnny quick name did he take on a quick name no, that, that so sadly he was the underdeveloped of the two twins. They didn't do much with him. So uh, when you become the head writer of Flash, there you go. You're gonna give Jay like he's he's gonna be Jay Quick. There you go. So if you also <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad name. Uh, if you also uh, go back to the Kingdom, I believe uh, uh -huh. wasn't it, didn't didn't uh, Irie take on the name of Kid Flash with the black jacket? Like didn't she have the yellow suit yes. with the black leather jacket? What did yeah she it, totally. She it, told, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, and, uh, and Jay didn't, he just didn't take anything. Like, he just 
yeah. uh, was a layabout, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like, I don't care for this. I have no need for the legacy. I could care less about it. And so Irie, in her stages, she became, so she was more known as Iris West. And uh, so, yeah, so she is, or she became the Kid Flash and basically wore the Kid Flash costume, but as you mentioned, with that jacket. And, all right, so I didn't review this book, but I read it early anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So... Now that you remember that little piece of trivia, any Kingdom Come fans, you should probably pick this issue up because, uh, yeah, there's really? a certain uh, moment with Irie, a.k.a. Iris, a.k.a. Kid Flash. So that that made me happy. I thought that was so cool. Um, I, I can see the person's last name is Adams. So it's Jeremy Adams. He is doing a fantastic job. Like, Honestly, I, I'm still mad at myself for not picking this book up, but he is just killing it, like just doing so amazing. Uh, like this feels like Flash Family and Flash, Flash Legacy again. Like this feels like before Barry came back. So I am just loving it. So uh, going clockwise. Let's, let's, yeah, go clockwise. Okay, so the next part you see on that cover. Yeah, so that's, uh, that would be Wally as Kid Flash, and then I guess he's teaming up with Oliver Queen as Green Arrow? So I feel like, because Speedy has always had his own costume, he never just wore like, you know, a little Ollie hand-me-down, and I can't really see Wally teaming up with Ollie. God, that's tough to say. <laughs> um, so I feel like that's probably a miscolor. I think that should have been Speedy, because that's definitely very Teen Titan-esque yeah. of the two. Yeah, I was thinking so, it was Teen Titans too, but then I was like, why would he be wearing a green outfit? So it's not it's not something that's ventured into in, inside the book. No, no, like this is just because. Uh, okay, spoiler alert, part two. <laughs> There's going to be a spoiler alert, part three. Um, but for part two, Roy's not in this, so I was very deceived by the cover. That is I'm very not deceiving. angry about it. <laughs> uh, going down next is uh, the Titans version of the two characters that uh, I would say the most recent version of the two, uh, the team. Yeah, the Rebirth era. Yeah, so you have Wally after he came back, and a lot of people didn't remember him, and maybe only his teammates remembered him, and he was staying at the Titans Tower. Uh, he's in there with Roy and there looks like they're about to feast on some pizza. Uh, yeah. down, straight down at about six o'clock from the middle, you have Roy and I don't know who that young woman should be in the speedy outfit. Do you think that is supposed to be a grown up version of his daughter? I don't know if they're going that route. I mean that, that, Oh, that hurts. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, so Lillian, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, um, so I read the uh, uh, Stargirl uh, Spring Break special, right? and I don't know what's going on in the Green Arrow book, so I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but Green Arrow is out there adventuring with a new Speedy, and that's Green Arrow's sister. Um, I can't remember her name, so I don't know if maybe there's an era where when she started out she did train with roy but that's kind of the vibe i'm picking up that it might be ollie's sister okay um then uh going up from there you have i'm guessing a wally you can't really see the the belt so i can't i don't know if it is him or not but uh with a roy yeah i would say it's wally too and and it looks like it's pre-flashpoint versions of both of them yeah yeah no that's definitely so so i I love and again i just love the the 
intricacies, the details. So if you actually look at the lightning bolt, you only see that it's got the one oh. know, hump okay. swivel. So that's cool. I love the coloring in the red because if you if we go up to the next one, so you see how that's kind of a base red. Uh, uh, oh my god, a flat a red. Flat red while yeah. Below it, it's definitely a richer red to kind of simulate that shininess that Wally brought to the Flash costume. So I just kudos to that team. But yeah, so I would. It looks like it's definitely like I feel like that's the uh, Justice League of America era when Roy became Red Arrow. You're right. You're right. So I feel like it's that error. And I feel like they're running to a checkers. I don't know. Like just the restaurant in the background, the <laughs> fact that it looks like a fast food bag. <laughs> uh, I don't, does Big Belly Burger have the checker motif also? <laughs> it probably does, but <laughs> that would be the smarter play. Yeah, definitely go with Big Belly Burger instead of checkers. But hey, DC, maybe they're reaching out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the last picture there would definitely be uh, Wally uh, as he became the Flash. And then I'm guessing Roy right before he becomes Arsenal when he's still carrying around it, like a, va- uh, a adult version of Speedy costume. Yep. Yeah. That definitely feels like when Wally did the first, you know, the, the worst thing a sidekick has to do, assume the mantle. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely hearkening back to those eras. So you know the start of post-crisis for both those guys (laughs) right that's that's a good way of putting it the start of post-crisis all right thank you for going on this little adventure with me i i really dig that cover so okay so i gotta give you the third one though um i think you'll enjoy this so in nori wally is traveling around throughout time Okay. okay, so he's not necessarily traveling through time. He's he's getting thrown around time. Like it kind of feels like uh, quantum leap. Oh, and so he's going to various moments in the Speed Force, and we don't know if they're necessarily like on DC Prime Earth, Earth Zero, Earth One. I don't know what they're calling it these days. Um, so we don't know where it could be. But anyways, there's one point where he appears as Jesse Quick. So it's Wally dressed as Jesse Quick, and then um, our man Rick is there, and he's like, you know, honey, I feel weird. And then it's Wally, and he's like, you think you feel weird? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that picture. I, I I was like, oh man, that I gotta get that to Mitch somehow, so I can at least describe it to you. But yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a kick out of that one. Yeah. So, but yeah, this 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 arc of Flash. I give it my money back guarantee. I have been loving it. Like this is taking me back to when I was reading the book, when uh, Mark Wade was writing it, like towards like just when he was on it. And even when Jeff Johns was on it, like I haven't been this lit up by flash in a long time. Okay. So okay. Get it. go out there and get it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then we've got moving along. Um, Legends of the Dark Knight, Volume 2, Issue 2. Uh, so, again, these are kind of standalone stories, things that are happening. Uh, so, in this case, the Joker's been poisoned. Batman's got to figure out, do I let him live? Do I let him die? You know, stuff like that. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a Riddler part in that. I can't tell if that means that he'll be in the same story or if he's going to be getting his own solo adventure in that situation. Also, but Again, this book... Oh, I was just going to say, written and and drawn by Derek Robertson, the half of the creators of The Boys. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Nice. 
good eye. So yeah, that'll be so. Actually, then that'll be very interesting because if he's involved with the boys, I'm pretty sure we know what he would have Batman do to the Joker. <laughs> so will DC let him do it? That's the big question. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there could be there's a, a variant C cover. So I don't know if that's something that interests you. A black and white sketch of the Riddler. I don't know if are, are you ever a fan of his suit and tie look with the the bowler hat? Did you like that? Yeah, I mean, or is certain- as long as he doesn't have those crazy sideburns, <laughs> <laughs> no sideburns, and I don't want uh, a, a, a jacket with a whole bunch of question marks. You just have the one question mark on the back, then I'm fine with that. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's, let's see, moving along. Nightwing issue 81. So I did my review on that this week. Beautiful issue. Um, oh, I want to spoil it, but I promised Tom Taylor I wouldn't. Um, but, dude, we're going to talk about this next week. We're going to find some time. Like We're probably going to talk about it, but I would love to get your input, fans, because it's an inner – so there – again – if you know me by this point, you know I love that symmetry between the two universes. So there's going to be a major change in Dick Grayson's life. And this is a change that we've seen happen to a Marvel character before. So it's like, okay. And I'll be honest with you. When they did it to the Marvel character, I didn't care for it because they didn't commit. You know, like they kind of like, hey, here's an idea. If you like it, then we do it. If you don't like it, then it doesn't count. No, land it, you know, make it, make it stick, you know, so that's that. But anyway, so it'll be very interesting. Um, Overall, I enjoyed the issue. I enjoyed the twist. Uh, Even though it's something I've seen before, I believe in Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo enough to believe that there will be something worthwhile checking out. So definitely pick it up. Uh, I guarantee you this will definitely be getting a second print. So I think that means all of their issues have sold out so far. And this is definitely going to do big on the secondary market because it's a big change to a character who's been around since 1940. Pretty crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Mitch. I'll tell you when the microphones are off. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. So something big going on also as well. Uh, DC will be doing Represent number one. So this will be a one shot. Uh, this will be collecting the uh, digital comics issues one through seven. And it is a lot of issues um, representing voices. So creators have come together to uh, tell stories about particular characters going through situations uh we have jules a black teenager who's given a pair of binoculars and he goes out to bird watch and then you know he sees more than birds but then there could be a twist to it so something that helps him out uh jesse holland mississippi farmer then all of a sudden we we travel back to their their uh their legacy uh to learn about their ancestors so a lot of stuff there so if you definitely want to see uh powerful voices check it out okay um let's see static is back so static season one this this was a character dc should never have let go like we see how popular miles morales is this is the prototype for miles morales like this was the guy he did it like static had his own show you know i remember that um but i'm glad he's back i am super glad that dc is finally doing something with the, Mar- with the milestone characters uh vita alaya as i mentioned earlier a great writer so it'll be very interesting to see what uh what he and the rest of the creative team do with static in this new now world. this is so where I'm they're going to uh introduce then like a new origin for the character right and all the milestone characters isn't like they're going to be uh it's not going to be the bang anymore it's going to be something else 
I'm not sure, like, they might reference it, but it's definitely going to be having the characters more... And actually, I can't even tell you that, if they're integrated into the DC Universe proper or if they're still part of their own universe world type of thing, you know? Hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely like a fresh restart. Um, it'll definitely probably pay homage and even keep some of the older stories and ideas together. So, that's going to be tough to tell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Going along, we've got Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number one. That's right. Tom King's here for your Supergirl. He's going to take her and deconstruct her. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to take a year, uh, but for fans of Supergirl, get ready. <laughs> You're about to get the Tom King treatment. Interesting to go awesome. with the, the the Woman of Tomorrow subtitle. As, you know, as uh, the Man of Tomorrow, Superman Man of Tomorrow, Like it didn't seem like that particular version of the comic book stuck, stuck around for that, that very long. Yeah, no, you're right. All the other ones lasted, and even Man of Tomorrow was the quarterly book. Yeah. So it was kind of like, yeah, you'll pop up every now and then. So, yeah, that's definitely one of his subtitles that didn't sound as catchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of the subtitles, we have Superman, Red and Blue. So various creators and writers and artists will come together to tell us various stories of Superman. Whether they count or not, that's up to you. Uh, one thing that I thought was really fun for cover B, we get a Walt Simonson illustration of Superman slamming his fist into the ground. And we did a little bit of research before. So that is a direct homage to Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor, issue 337. Um, I don't believe that is the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill, but I believe that is the issue where he does wield... Um, Mjolnir for the first time so big classic moment i knew that body language you know not many people stand that way <laughs> <laughs> um, mitch brought up a good one so this took us to the mighty thor issue 20 um of I've, i don't know what volume it was but i do know jason aaron wrote it so it was recent uh where oh gosh the warriors three the big guy i can't think of his uh, name volstagg Volstagg. So when Volstagg lifts Stormbreaker? the ultimate Thor hammer. Oh, okay. No, I thought it was Stormbreaker too, but no, it was the ultimate Thor hammer because that was supposed to be a big thing. Like, wow, why is the ultimate Thor hammer here? Uh, so, anyways, so he becomes War Thor, uh, and that is um, Russell Dowderman homaging Walt Simonson. So uh, we now live in an era where Walt Simonson has. Uh, homaged himself uh, but if you do yourself a favor mighty thor 337 homage cover you will see tons of them uh captain canuck jenica the fifth ninja turtle and all kinds of other various characters slamming their fist or some kind of hammer down <laughs> <laughs> And let's see, uh, we've got Truth and Justice issue 5 coming out, and that should wrap up our DC side of things. If we go to the other side of the spectrum, all the way over to Marvel Comics, on Wednesday, we will have Alien issue 4 coming out by Philip Kennedy Johnson. I've been hearing great stuff there. Art by Salvador LaRocca. Captain America, volume 9, annual number 1. So this might not necessarily tie into the current Captain America stories. Uh, it is written by Jerry Duggan. And Jed McKay, this will cross more into the Infinite Destinies, where the Infinite, the Infinity Stones, which 
as we saw in Loki, mean nothing. Uh, yeah. but they have bonded with people or have become people. And so the Marvel heroes are basically trying to track these people down and hopefully get them to be superheroes. So we will find out what happens as those, uh, as those annuals come together and crossed over. Uh, we have Demon Days Mariko number one. So this is Peach Momoko's uh, big story arc. So here's another piece of the puzzle as it comes to. Then we get, uh, wow, there's a lot of variant covers for that one. I'm surprised. <laughs> we're, we're all the way to whatever letter L would be. <laughs> so, that's, so if you're collecting those, be prepared. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four issue 33 will be out. Uh, this, I believe we might get to know who the Bride of Doom will be. So that'll be interesting to see who is this woman and how has she captured his heart. So why are there so um, many variants with Deadpool? Oh, well, oh, never so mind. Rob I see why. wants money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Deadpool is nerdy 30, as he likes to call it. So, there yeah, you go. So, um, yeah, but I just, ugh, I'm not even going to open that can of worms. Yeah, I don't like we, don't need to, we don't need to go over that any, uh, anymore. But <laughs> yeah. I, I just noticed that there was a couple variants with uh, Deadpool there. And you can yeah, like the yeah, character so. without having to like the creator. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've definitely learned that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Heroes Reborn issue seven will be out. So this will take us to the final part uh, where we can discover, did Loki really do it? Did Mephesto really did it? Is it a trickster? Is it a demon? Why are the Squadron Supreme so awesome? And how can we get Jason Aaron to write the Justice League? All kinds of crazy questions will hopefully be answered. I really uh, so enjoy a lot of variant colors there. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say I really enjoy Leno uh, Francis Yu. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I just really enjoy his art. So I, I'm glad that that's the that's the cover A for that book. Yeah, because I think it's actually a connecting cover, if I remember correctly. So, oh. yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find a full cover version of it for you then. <laughs> uh, let's see. But there is still enough time to get another crossover issue. Uh, we will have Heroes Reborn, Weapon X, and Final Flight. So in this new version of the Marvel Universe, we get to see what Wolverine and the Alpha Flight people will be doing. Uh, what's always interesting about these stories is who's on what team so one of them appears to be an armor with a gun so could that be roadie could it be tony who knows let me see if i can get the uh, description out here so in a world without the avengers the squadron supreme protects and defends the interest of america but what does that leave a country like canada so the great white north is now a wasteland their forests are scorched their providence is annexed the people barely surviving so who will stand up and protect them from the supremacy of the squadron weapon x and final flight that's who ah bummer so they didn't give us any uh guesses uh if we kind of look at the cover let me see if i can make it a little bit bigger so i think shaman stays shaman mm-hmm. there's aurora up uh, there Sas- sasquatch looks a little bit devilish yep you know uh yeah aurora looks to be aurora definitely better choice of weapons <laughs> um that armor looks familiar like i almost like isn't that guardsman armor right well i think it's are the man guardian yeah yeah Something oh like i see what you're saying i see what you're saying uh maybe 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 um uh howlet no not howlet uh jimmy Hudson. Hudson, thank you. J- Jimmy Hudson took on a different version of armor. Uh, maybe, maybe a guardsman armor, or uh, uh, what's the Russian version? 
Oh my god, the Crimson Dynamo, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll have our own uh, Canadian Dynamo, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I do find interesting, if we look at that Wolverine, see how he's still got those, uh, I don't know, those ports popping out of yeah, him? Yeah, the Weapon X definitely goes to, uh, yeah, that, 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 but that made me think more of uh, Weapon H. So True, I don't know, maybe you're right. There's a, Maybe there's something there, so that'll be interesting to see. So I'm I am uh, super see. curious, and maybe you have a theory on this, because uh, we're going from Alpha Flight to Omega Flight to Final Flight. Like, what? Why is it that Alpha Flight just hasn't taken off? Why Why is it not as successful as your Avengers or your X Men? Because like they are, they, for to me, they seems like they should be a cool team. You know, it's a tough one. Like, if they had their own book and it sold in Canada, would it do good? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, I kind of like, like, it's funny because I think Marvel has only really had success on the international market with international stories. So, like, Excalibur, Captain Britain, and all that when it was being like developed and written exclusively to the to the Brits. Like, this was blowing up. Um, but then it's like, you know, because, yeah, I don't know, like international heroes just don't do well. You know, DC's Global Guardians, uh, even when they took uh, Carl Kung, his Superman, and gave him his own Justice League. Like, it just doesn't take off. So, I don't know. Like, I, I Canadians, do your part. <laughs> <laughs> um so I just, yeah, they just don't catch on. But I think that's where they love to play with the title, hoping that it will catch on, you know, where it's like, okay, well, Alpha is the beginning. Okay, so Omega. Uh, well, then, yeah, we're the last line. This has got to be important. Uh, okay, it didn't work last time. Well, let's try it again. The final, you know, so, uh, yeah, I don't how, know. <laughs> how long do you think before they show up in the MCU? Uh, that'll be a bit. I think. Yeah, I think it, if they were to get done, I think they would have to probably be done as a Disney Plus show. I think that would be the safer way to go. You know. Um, okay. There you go. Do uh, Omega or do Alpha Flight and introduce Wolverine there, and then you're guaranteed money. <laughs> <laughs> that you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, let's see moving along we've got the mighty valkyries and yes we have a loki on the cover so if you're wanting more lokiness that might be a book to check out um there's a couple of variant covers and then we have miles morales spider-man issue 27 so miles is going through his own clone saga so if you want to just see all the craziness that miles got to deal with definitely check that book out and it is nuts because some of those clones they're 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 really screwed up man (laughs) uh New Mutants 19, which will be continuing on some of the Hellfire Gala. So definitely check out some of the fallout there with the younger, newer, older mutants. I don't know how what age group they're in, but they're somewhere. <laughs> and, of course, there's a lot of variant covers if you want to spend some cash. Uh, and then this is going to be the big issue, folks. Planet Size X-Men number one. So the Hellfire Gala is happening real time. Things are going on. Planet Size X-Men is then going to have moments that we didn't get to see. Uh, for example, like there, for me, I know there's a Captain America Cyclops moment. So in the actual issue of X-Men 21, which came out last week, we see Captain America talk to Cyclops. And he's like, hey, you know, you think you got this under control? 
But then there's probably going to be a flashback scene where we see Captain America and Cyclops talking before the Hellfire Gala. So this is going to put all the pieces together. It's going to be the, the, the glue that puts this solid and also launching us into the next big thing, which if you've checked your... Uh, Oh my gosh, uh, your your previews magazine, you know that it's the trial of Magneto. So if we're on trial, does that mean somebody died? So I'll be very curious to see what's going on. Uh, and again, since this is, this is being billed as the next big thing, so X-Men started as X-Men, and then we got giant size X-Men. Well, if giant size X-Men gave us the all-new, all-different international X-Men, what will planet-size X-Men give us? That'll be something else. They're going to get their own planet. <laughs> yeah, right? Krakoa is going to go big time. <laughs> um, and again, there's a ton of variants, so definitely feel free to check out what you like. I am digging this Ron Lim 1990s cover. Uh, it, it definitely it's giving me some throwbacks to X-Men, the animated series, so I love that. Got some classic Beast, Storm, Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Gene, Cyclops, and Wolverine. Oh, that was a horrible Gene. I could have done better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so quite a few variants going there. What, we're, we're all the way down to letter G. So whatever that could be, that's how many there are. God, that's got to be so tough. Like, I've done that. Been a collector where I have to get them all. Ooh, man, it I'm hurts. so glad I've only gone to letter D. <laughs> Uh, let's see, another big moment that should have happened a while ago. Venom issue 35 will be out, and it is also known as Venom 200. That's right. Donnie Cates has finally gotten us there, Donnie and Ryan Stegman. Uh, they've done an amazing run on Venom. They've taken it all the way to the King in Black saga, which has come to a conclusion, and we are waiting for the fallout. There's been a lot going on, so I'm going to spoil you. Uh, Eddie Brock is back to life. Um, Flash Thompson is back to life. So we have Agent Venom, or Agent Anti-Venom. I'm not sure. They've got to come up with a better name for him. Um, and then uh, Eddie himself. So I'm super hyped. I loved both of those characters, and I'm glad that they are back. Uh, so I can't wait to see what's going to come out of this issue. Plus, there's quite a few variant covers, so definitely go check it out. Uh, there's some very metal-esque ones. I love these Venom with wings. Um because the conclusion to King and Black, dude, it was nuts. Just to get your opinion on this, okay? So I think you've got a pretty good grasp of Eddie Brock. Would you say, like, how big gahones are we talking here? Venom, Eddie Brock, actually wielding Mjolnir, calling it out of Thor's hand to use, and able to call the Silver Surfer's surfboard so he could use both those items of powers. You think that's doable? Uh, wait, <laughs> is this something that <laughs> happened in the comic book, or you just? It happened. No, it happened. <laughs> no, that is not a thing that is possible. I am surprised. That is interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to send you some screenshots because. I'm enjoying King of Black, don't get me wrong. Um, and when it finally came to that conclusion issue, when it's basically Venom versus Null, and he's got to defeat the Dark God, it's like, bam, he just calls, like, he rips Mjolnir right out of Thor's hand. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like, I can suspend disbelief, but come on, you know, I don't know if Eddie is worthy. 
So, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to talk more about that. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, so there are quite a few variant covers of that one. Let's see. That is taking us all the way to the letter P. Wow. P as in poor. That's what you'll be after <laughs> buying all those. <laughs> uh, let's see. X-Core issue two will be out, which also ties into the Hellfire Gala. And again, there are quite a few um, variant covers to go there. For the collected editions, I'm glad Marvel is finally doing this too. So DC has been reprinting some of their classic treasuries from back in the 70s. Uh, so Marvel says, well, if you can do it, so can we. So they're going to be reprinting Captain America's Bicentennial Battles. Uh, so this was a giant book. Uh, it's going to make you feel like a tiny child, but it's going to have some beautiful Jack Kirby stories and art inside. Heroes Reborn Omnibus is being published right now, or republished, reprinted. So since the Heroes Reborn title is out there, uh, you have a chance to go back in time and see the worst mistake Marvel ever did, giving their characters to Jim Lee and, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Ron, uh, I get I really can't think of his name. I'm not trying to be obnoxious. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Marvel Masterworks will be hitting volume 15 with Daredevil. So we are actually now in the Frank Miller years. I can't believe the Masterworks are getting that big. That's insane. Uh, Power Pack will be getting a classic Omnibus Volume 2. So if you want to go back in time and check out those kids in action, that is the source for you. Four by Donny Cates, Volume 2 Prey will be out. Uh, so this is the big story where, Do where Thor fights Don Blake. Uh, and a lot of people have been calling out similarities to what's going on with Wonder Woman right now. So definitely, I, I might pick this up just so I can read both stories and see how close they were to a crossover that should have happened. That's right, Marvel, DC. Let's get it going. And for our last item, we have Thor by Jason Aaron, The Complete Collection, Volume 3. So this is where we get to see some more adventures of Jane Foster as Thor, which is perfect because we have, what, Thor and Love, Thor, Love and War coming up, That's right? That's correct. So, Love and Thunder. There you go. There you go. Love and Thunder. Yep. That makes more sense. So that is your spinner rack. And what a full spinner rack it was. Thanks, Chris, for going through that. Uh, as we said at the top of this episode, uh, we watched Loki number or Loki episode one. And uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on it and all the things that we caught while watching it, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geeklymedia, so you can hear that special episode for that is only available for our patrons. But as we said, that is a TV show that is about time travel. So to uh, mix both time travel and Superman Day, which happened this past Saturday, we came up with the story, uh, The Greatest Hero of Them All, which is a time travel story about the Legion of Superheroes going back to a time when Superboy existed. Chris, give me a little uh, rundown of why it is important that this Superboy story happens after post-crisis. So, all right, let's go all the way back to 1938. So grab a comfortable chair, folks. No, it won't be that long. But uh, back in 1938, there was a little comic that came out, Action Comics number one. It rocked the world. Uh, it gave us Superman. That Superman continued throughout comic book time. There was no reason to say he is golden or civil age because he was always published. Uh, but then comes along showcase number 
Casper back in 1956, I think. Uh, so anyways, that creates the idea of there being you know, a new age of heroes, which leads us to Earth 1 and Earth 2. So they decide to say, okay, let's make... Um, and even before Barry Allen's Flash happened, we got Superboy. So the story of Superboy, as created by uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, uh, they are basically telling us adventures of Superman as a boy. Now, it was a great idea to sell comic books, but it kind of became a conundrum because the Golden Age Superman didn't start being Superman until he was an adult. Mm -hmm. So how do you explain this young boy being Superboy? Um, so that's when they decide to say, you know what? The Adventures of Superboy will be the Earth One Superboy. So he is now the Silver Age Superman who will grow up. Um, so anyways, Crisis happens in 1986, the 50th anniversary of DC Comics. And John Byrne will then become the new writer of Superman. So when John Byrne comes along, he, in my opinion, the way I like to phrase it is, he gave Superman the mutant treatment. So he didn't have powers as a boy. It wasn't until he was a teenager when he started realizing, like, whoa, I can do some amazing things mm -hmm. here. Uh, and again, this was John Byrne's argument for, I'm getting rid of the things that don't work for Superman. Because if we have the adventures of Superboy, they're worthless. Why? because he becomes Superman. So you can't worry that he's going to die because in the timeline, he'll grow up to be Superman. So they became, you know, worthless adventures and John Byrne wasn't a fan. Uh, he wasn't a fan of Supergirl, of Crypto and everything, because if we're calling him the last son of Krypton, then he really needs to be the last. Uh, so that was part of the cleanup. But John Byrne only had control of the Superman side of things. And at that time, Legion of Superheroes was a big story. It was a big comic book. It was going on. So this is part of Volume 3, uh, which was launched about 1984-85. Uh, by this point, Paul Levitz, who is a big name over at DC Comics, he's writing the Legion of Superheroes. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, well, am I going to get to use Superboy or not? And so him and John Byrne came together and they decided, well, all right, if we're going to get rid of Superboy, let's get rid of him. But I want to give him a proper goodbye. So that's this story. Uh, issues 37 and 38 of Legion, which then crosses over to John Byrne's Superman issue 8, uh, volume 2, and then Action Comics, which kept its original numbering, issue 591. Now, we will tell you, readers and listeners, this thing's going to be a little bit jumbled. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's two writers, and I kind of, I, maybe, I don't know if you sensed this when you were reading it. I definitely feel there's some animosity there. I don't think these gentlemen were, like, excited to work together to create this story. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would I would uh, have to agree. Um, and there's definitely, like, you can see the reluctance in episode, or issues, the issue of Superman and the issue of Action Comics of telling this Legion of Superheroes story where, uh, it, really nothing is happening that progresses the story. It's a lot of recap of, of old things and like, uh, <laughs> tongue in cheek of making fun of kind of Superboy stuff. Um, so the, one, one of the major stories that this throws back to is the issue of, I want to say Legion of Superheroes where they go back in time and, and meet Superboy for the first time because he is the inspiration uh, for the Legion of Superheroes in the 
30th century. Um, they bring him back to the future and make him an honorary member or make him a member of the team, even though he is the inspiration for their team. Uh, I, I, am I am I wrong in all this? Was this a Superboy issue, or was it a? No, uh, well, you're right. It was. Well, it was actually Adventure Comics, okay. which was the home of Superboy. Got you. But also the Legion of Superheroes. You know, DC was just like, hey, we're making books, so we'll give them funny titles, but we'll feature our characters. But yeah, Adventure Comics issue two forty seven. Uh, a lot of us will recognize it with uh, the three teenagers pressing a button and then Superman standing before them, basically being told he's a loser, uh, which is the foundation and first appearance of American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> and that is also uh, that is eventually turned into an episode of Smallville, if I remember correctly. Like they they uh, the, the three of them show up and they they. Uh, talk to a young Clark Kent from that, that universe and explain who he is eventually going to be. Uh, in this particular story, um, we have five members, or I think it's a total of, I want to say nine members of the Legion that are going back uh, in time to uh, find out what the time trapper has done in the past to, uh, manipulate something that they are feeling the effects of in the future. When they go back in time, they go back in time to a world where there is a Superboy, and they know that that world shouldn't exist anymore. But they had been there before, if I remember reading that correctly. Um, yeah, no, you're you're okay. right. Um, because what was interesting about this is. This story is supposed to be a farewell to the classic Superboy we've known. Um, but in the complicatedness of it all, they wind up creating what they call the pocket universe. So that's why when the Legion the Legion of Superheroes, when they go back, they kind of go to this, like, unrealistic, you know, very, you know, 1950s, everything's perfect. There's no trash on the streets. Whoa! <laughs> uh, so they're kind of like, this is weird because this isn't, you know, this isn't this isn't right per se. Um, so yeah, they get stuck in a pocket universe, and it, it, that's why we learn Superboy is fighting desperately to save it. So we learn that Time Trapper uh, created this pocket universe specifically for the Legion of Superheroes to go back in time too. So. Even though this is the universe that Monel would have uh, would have uh, visited first, uh, where he got his lead poisoning, then had to go into the Phantom Zone, and then got released later on in the 30th century and got cured by his lead poisoning. Uh, this was a universe that, when the Legion of Superheroes are going back in time, the Time Trapper, who is a common villain of theirs, um, created this universe by plucking a single moment out of time and you know creating a, a timeline a universe where uh, a young Kal-El develops his powers at a younger age create becomes Superboy and they have those adventures with him um, as Mono Monel comes back like all these people remember him. Pete Ross knows the story, knows the the true identity of Super Superboy being Kala or being Clark Kent, and that Monel was there, and uh, you know the 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 Kents themselves know about the Legion of Superheroes and 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 welcome them into their home. Time Trapper as a villain, I'm going to admit that my only real 
exposure to time traveler because I don't read Legend of Superheroes or did I ever read Legend of Superheroes was uh, the Legends or Legion of Three Worlds storyline where it ends up being right. Superboy Prime. So as I'm sitting here reading this, I'm like, is it still Superboy Prime? I have no idea, but I, I know that that's like, that's just a thing out of that one particular story. The identity of, of time trapper changes to whoever is writing the story. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, that's why I can joke with you. And I think we could really make a story. Superboy red, Superboy blue, uh, <laughs> playing with the idea of Superboy prime being the time trapper. And that's why he's sympathetic to Superboy to say, Hey, I know what it's like to get rid of out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least you didn't have to live in a cave with a Clark and Lois and Alexander Luther. <laughs> <laughs> so as time trapper, uh, is keeping an eye on this pocket universe and we have the crisis on infinite earth happening as it's described in that uh, maxi series i think is what it was was it a maxi series when that first happened yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a red sky and all the lightning was happening as each of these individual timelines or earths or however you want to call it uh becomes obsolete and destroyed uh time trapper stops the pocket universe that he has created from being destroyed, but he can, he, he says, he tells Superboy that it, I'll stop it as long as you do my bidding, which is take out the Legion of superheroes. Now, when the first set of Legion gets there, he uses the time ray or stasis ray. I forget what it was called. Stasis to, ray. Yeah. To, to basically freeze them in, in their moment in time. Uh, keep them as their hostages and delivers them to the time trapper. The other side of the team stays with their time bubble and tries to escape and they go forward in time, making it to the, at that time, current continuity of Superman in the DC universe. And they meet up with Superman. Well, of course, the first time meeting another superhero, you have to fight because it's, you know, it's, 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 it's in the rule book. Yeah. Uh, there's a misunderstanding they think it's it's Superboy that's coming after them still, as they, they thought that he was trying to kill them. And Superman doesn't understand why these aliens are here uh, causing, causing problems. So as they fight it out, they realize that it's Superman and not Superboy. And that's when Superboy shows up to then use his ability to, or his ray gun to freeze them in time. Now, this was very interesting to me because I am not, verse in the so the silver age version of the heroes superboy has way more power than uh post-crisis superman doesn't he oh yeah well it's even the play of the idea that silver age superman you know he was the guy who could juggle planets yeah uh super ventriloquism was one of his powers you know <laughs> it was like every week they'd write up a problem and be like uh just he has the ability to super solve it, you know. Now, <laughs> now that power has been passed on to uh, Batman, so that's why we have all these crazy ideas. But yeah, he was just crazy powered. So that was one of the things that John Byrne did <clears throat> when he recreated Superman. He definitely depowered him because that's when I found it interesting. I forget if it was this issue. No, it's in it's in part three. So right now we are in part two, uh, Superman Volume Two, Issue Eight. And so definitely the Legion are kind of like, wow, I hit Superman and he really felt it like 
what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're definitely noticing that they're, they're able to clean his clock a little bit harder. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, something that is pretty fun about this one. So we just mentioned uh, Walt Simonsing homaging himself. Uh, this cover... So with Superman standing boldly in the front, uh, lifting up the Legion of Superheroes block and holding Brainiac 5 and then the other two scattered, that's actually a homage to a Fantastic Four cover. Oh. Uh, Fantastic Four, issue 249. So in that one, we have Gladiator, which is basically Superman. Um He's triumphantly standing over the Fantastic Four. So instead of holding Block, he's holding Thing. And instead of holding Brainiac 5, he's holding Mr. Fantastic. And then the other two are laid out as well. Yeah, you have... Uh, uh, I thought that was pretty fun. You have in place of uh, Human Torch on the Superman cover, you have Sun Boy. And in place of uh, um, Sue Richards... You have the Invisible Woman. Yeah, the Invisible Woman. You have, um, I want to say, Night Girl, Invisible Kid. Is it Invisible? No, it's Invisible Kid. Yeah, I thought that was Lady. Yep. No, you're right. That is that is a that is Invisible Kid there. So that's that is hilarious. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, he purposely picked those four, uh, or maybe maybe he just got lucky. But yeah, and again, it, it kind of adds to the idea that, as you mentioned earlier, this part. Uh, part two, the Superman issue eight. It really is John phoning it in. It's like, I'm just going to retell what happened in part one. So it's like, oh, I'm not even going to bother making a cover. I'm just going to reuse a cover as well. Let me ask <laughs> so you he, this. He got paid to basically. Let me let me ask you this also. In this particular part of the story, his uh, Superman's uh, heat vision goes off on its own. Like he, he, it happens, and he wasn't planning on it happening. What that has to have some kind of reference to what happened in the issue prior to this, I would assume. Yeah, there's something going on. Um, as I'm looking at the notes for the issue, I found this interesting. Um, they're saying that this story was originally published out of sequence. It's intended to take place between issues 22 and 23 of issue seven. So even in its own existence, it's out of the time loop, oh, okay. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, but let's see. So that was Rampage. So Rampage, the idea of her, um, so she was Dr. Kitty Faulkner. Um, she was a uh, scientist over at uh, Star Labs. And basically, as she fights Superman... I forget if she either like the energy that she, so she produces a radiation. And so this radiation does have some effects on Superman. Uh, basically she's like a mini sun. And so that's, what's going to have him discharge radiations and whatnot. So sure enough. Yeah. That's a convenient explanation for why Superman is like, Oh, I just had to blast heat vision out of my eyes and hit one of you legionaries. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, so then as Superboy, under his own powers, travels to the future of a different timeline, uh, takes takes out the Legion, brings them back to his home, uh, and then also uses, uh, uses the ray on Superman, leaving him behind. If I remember... No, he brings him with him. Uh, we come to find out in the next issue that the, as the two of them are fighting... Obviously, Superboy is stronger, but Superman points out that he is more experienced. 
And to me, when I was reading that, I was like, is he more experienced though? Like that that Superboy <laughs> should have been doing that for a much longer time than he has as a Superman. Am I in, yes, am I incorrect I, in that? No, you're reading that a hundred percent correctly. Um, because the whole idea is so Superman ends. Uh, that's when they published the famous "Whatever Happened to the Man, uh, the Man of Tomorrow." Right. Oh, we were just talking yeah. about the title. So that was the last Superman story of the Silver Age, and then the next Superman book comes out is Man of Steel number one. And John Byrne has created Superman. So Superman starts 1986. And here we are reading a book from like 1987, 1988, maybe. So yeah, Superman's only got like one or two years of Superman experience. This Superboy has been doing this since the age of eight. <laughs> yeah. So it's he's at least got a decade. Um, <laughs> but there, there is some inconsistencies with that because even in this issue – Superman talks about meeting the Superboy of Earth Prime, right? Know, the one we know. Uh -huh. um, he should never have met him. No, because the Superman that took part of Crisis is the Silver Age Superman. Correct. That's why we have the post-Crisis Superman. But that's where you could tell there's definitely a flub there, um, just because it's. I don't think they fully understood. Like, well, should Crisis have happened? And theoretically, no, because that's supposed to be like when the heroes have been around for like, you know, 10 years. But continuity was like, basically, remember what we went through for Flashpoint? This is what everybody went through back in 1986, <laughs> but without the Internet to help them. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that really pissed me off in this story happens in this particular part. Uh, I think it's this part. And yeah, it should be this part, not the next part. So we get the adventures of crypto also in here, the super dog. Oh. There's a page where it's like most dogs just go out and play with a ball, but crypto goes and chases down like satellites that are falling out of the sky or some, some shit like that. <laughs> um, the other thing is that crypto is super intelligent. Like he, he doesn't, he can't speak, but he can think and he, and he has like very extravagant, like, theories and ideas and stuff like that and as he's watching superman fight superboy at first he thought superman was his was his owner but he realizes superboy is his owner his idea is like i need to go get kryptonite and if i use <laughs> kryptonite we will i will be able to stop superman from hurting my master superboy uh he then we go because it's the silver age we go into the the basement of the Kents, and there is tons and tons of different types of kryptonite. There's kryptonite gold, kryptonite yellow, kryptonite red, kryptonite white, kryptonite... You know, they even explain, like, I think it was kryptonite white only works on kryptonian plants or something like that. Uh, and he doesn't go straight for kryptonite yeah. green, which would kill uh, Superman. He goes for kryptonite gold, which would get rid of his powers. And he has apparently no idea of how to get this to Superboy without hurting Superboy also. So his best thought is to open the gold kryptonite and expose himself to it so that the Kents <laughs> realize that this is what's happening. Uh, and then they can get that to uh, Superboy to use. So as he exposes himself to gold kryptonite, 
he loses his powers. He also loses his super intelligence. And the Kents realize this. It's like, well, he's not intelligent anymore. Oh, he wants us to use the kryptonite on him. So instead of just using the gold kryptonite, Pa Kent decides, I'm going to grab all the kryptonite, throw it into one <laughs> case, and take it over to the Superman and use it on him. So as he gets over there to use it on him, he opens the case <laughs> and it doesn't work. Because just like the Infinity Gems, if you use kryptonite from a different timeline yeah. on uh, the Superman in the current timeline or current Earth, it's the, it doesn't work. You have to, Only the kryptonite in your Earth works on you. Uh, and that's when our Superman puts it together. Because Superboy goes, oh no, it didn't work. That doesn't work. I guess I just lose or something like that. Uh, and so... <laughs> You'll have to use the kryptonite on me, like something like that. Uh, yeah, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then Superman's like, wait, you knew that wasn't going to work on me. You've actually put all this together a long time ago. You've been playing chess. Like you knew that the you didn't use enough of the freeze ray on me. So uh, I could come here and stop you from doing this to the Legion because you don't really want it to. You don't really want to hurt the Legion because you're actually a good guy. And then Superboy's like, yep. I'm the good. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Uh, so the whole idea is at this point is to um, pretend that the freeze ray worked on Superman and take him also with the rest of the the Legion to um, the Time Trapper to stop the Time Trapper. Eventually, what we get to is that uh, the Superboy has to sacrifice himself to save the rest of the legion it's not even going to save his pocket universe if i understand correctly it should save the pocket universe no i think i think like he'll manage to basically defeat the bad guy the risk of himself but still keep why he became a bad like the the deal breaker won't be broken but he'll sacrifice himself regardless okay so so yeah the 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 pocket universe, as they called it, does live on. Uh, which Just without leads a Superboy. Another boy. weird story. <laughs> right? Just without a Superboy. Yeah, just without a Superboy. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this is why it's called the greatest hero of them all, because Superboy, who is the greatest hero, sacrifices himself so that the rest of the Legion will survive, Time Trapper will be defeated, and uh, Superman can go back to his particular timeline. However, crypto is still depowered, and I'm upset. Yeah, no, like that part. I'm sorry. If crypto is smart enough, he could realize that, like, oh, I'll just fly down the basement, grab the canister of gold K, and fly up. Because he was obviously smart enough to pick it up and unscrew the lid. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he just fly it over to Pa Kent? And then Pa Kent can be like, oh, heck yeah, let's go do this, you know? Like, why did he have to depower himself? So I'm just thinking, like, could you imagine if you were reading these books in real time? Just last year, you watched Crypto, the super dog, die in whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. And that was a painful death to watch because he basically had to maul the kryptonite man in order to stop him from hurting Superman. Mm -hmm. And the kryptonite man is obviously going to hurt Crypto as well. So, like, he has to maul this person and effectively kill himself so that was tough to read and then it's like oh a year later like oh cool they mentioned crypto again yeah crypto the stupid dog like <laughs> come on man like 
Uh, could have played it way better than that. Yeah, <laughs> and it and it, it's a completely useless sacrifice. Like he sacrifices his abilities for no reason because it doesn't. It one, Paul Kent doesn't even do what he asked him to do or was trying to get him to do, and two, the Kryptonite didn't work on Superman. Uh, yeah. And that's the worst part. If Superboy knew this, God, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, eventually, you know, Stasis goes back for um, Superman, but in this new universe, the Monel, Colossal Boy, Cosmic Boy, Saturn Girl, they all have to, Brainiac Vibe, all have to experience the death of Superboy, the man, the, 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 the hero that that helped inspired the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, no, it is. It's definitely, I think Paul Levitz, his chapters read better. Uh, John Byrne is just like, yeah, sure. I can sacrifice two issues of my uh, Superman story to play along. Um, it, it, because it does mean a lot. Like it's, it's funny because if we think of the ramifications of Superboy, at least in the eyes of Jeff Johns, Jeff Johns gives us the idea that, well, if there's no Superboy, then that means there was no JSA to inspire him to be a hero. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't become a hero, then he doesn't inspire the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. So it wipes out three major influences. Um, the Legion of Superheroes, like, it's tough. Um, I toy with that title with that group of characters because I'm not invested in them. Like they were just, they didn't catch me. Like I remember reading, um, I, I had this old dime store novel that had reprints of Superman comics. It had four stories inside of it. And sure enough, one of them was the, uh, Legion of, uh, superhero story. And I read it and I was kind of like, eh, that was even boring back then. <laughs> um, but I, I think they have a great potential for them to be heroes. Obviously, they are a favorite amongst a legion of fans. So it was nice that Paul did this story because with John Byrne saying no to Superboy, well, that takes out a huge... I mean, that would be like if all of a sudden they decide to say, yeah, you know what? Captain America has to wake up from the ice today. So what does that do with every Avengers story if Captain America isn't there? You know, um, so it's definitely that man at a time that can't play with the team anymore because he no longer exists. So Crisis, while it was a neat idea, really did cause quite a few conundrums, and this was one of them. So I think Paul Levitz did a good job with his issues. Um, it was sad. I felt rushed at the end of this book of part four in issue 38 of Legion. I wish it would have gone on to another issue so they could have had a um, you know, a better death, so to say, for, for Superboy. Um, I missed this. I didn't realize it. I wish I could go back and look at the issue. So I guess Supergirl is actually drawn in at the funeral. Mm. So... Like you can see a bunch of legionaries. So there's another conundrum because Supergirl doesn't exist either. I mean, she just uh, sacrificed so her life for uh, the crisis. Yep. So that's that's definitely quite the uh, thing. But it is a very much a strong homage. And how do you do to the fans? So I think that was really great. I also want to talk um, about the cover for issue 38 here. It's it looks so much. It looks so drastically different than the other covers, and. It, I, 
I love it. Like I just looking at that cover is is amazing. Uh, I really I really enjoy looking at that. Um, and I wanted to say that <laughs> by accident, before I read issue thirty seven of Legion, I accidentally read issue thirty nine, uh, thinking that was the start of the story, and I was like. This has absolutely nothing to do with time travel. What's going on here? And then after reading uh, 37, 38, it, 39 has absolutely makes no reference to what just happened with the death of the Superboy. So I was just like, wait, what? That, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a wild, like, it's funny to fix a conundrum. I guess like okay, well let's let's put it in the language of Loki. So for Paul Leviatz to give us a reason why Superboy can no longer be part of the Legion of Superheroes, he winds up creating a variant. Mm -hmm. Because the Legion learn, wait a second, the Superboy we always fought with technically isn't Superman that we should that we should know. Because he's the pocket universe superboy so this pocket universe superboy is basically like oh okay well we become aware of him and we understand that he's different than the superman of earth one um and so yeah he dies and then you're right like because i kind of look at the next issue too like curious like oh are they going to reference anything or are they going to have a moment of silence and it's just kind of like hey we're back to normal life is what it is you know <laughs> so it's like man if Superboy Prime is mad, then Superboy Pocket should be even like <laughs> furious. <laughs> so, um, what was your overall feeling for this story? Like reading it now, was this your first time reading? It was my first time reading it. Yes. So it was interesting. Uh, the first time I ever was exposed to this, I actually read that Superman number eight and Action Comics um, number five ninety one. Yeah. Um, so I read those because. Because when I was a kid, um, oh my God, it, it's not Rite Aid. I think it was Thrifty. I think it was the Thrifty Drugstore. They used to sell these three packs of old DC comics for a dollar. And so, you know, it'd be three issues of Superman, three issues of Batman, three issues of whatever. And they would come with these boards that were trading cards as well. So it was like, oh man, this was like the coolest stuff. And I was so excited about it. And I remember reading these and I was like, I feel like I only got part of a story. So even as a kid, I knew something was off. Um, I never knew because even in Action Comics number 591, it doesn't tell you like, oh, go over to Legion of Superheroes to finish this story. Because as far as those two issues of Superman are concerned, the story is only about Superman, not Superboy. Mm -hmm. um, so I just... I never asked why why there was a Superboy or anything like that. Because even what's funny in real time, there was a Superboy TV show. Like Christopher Gerard was Superboy. And it was like, how could they have all this love for Superboy, but yet he's dead? You know, um, even the same thing with the TV show The Flash. It's like, hey, we've got The Flash, but it's Barry Allen. Barry's dead. It should have been Wally. <laughs> so DC was kind of in a weird state. Um, but anyways, having finally read the two issues, it was funny because before I sat down to read these issues, I almost bought them all. Like I, I was looking on eBay and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll buy this because it's the death of Superboy. Like this sounds huge. And then having sat down and read it, I was kind of like, wow, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> um, 
I mean, read it if you're curious. Read it if you want to play with the idea of variance in the timeline and what people will do to save people they love. Like, the drama is really good. Uh, the Paul Leviatt's issues are great. But the John Byrne issues, I do without. Um, thankfully, I just found out today when I was even doing my research that uh, these were all reprinted in the Superman Man of Steel trade paperbacks. Uh, so volume four has the complete story. So that means the hardcover editions, probably volume two, should have that as well. Uh, so I've got a copy. You know, maybe I'll read it again sometime five years from now. <laughs> but at the end of it, it's did I gain anything having read it? No. Do I hate having read it? Not really, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's exactly. I I mean, I did gain a little bit because I I learned. I got to learn about the uh, uh, the abilities of a, a super Silver Age Superboy, and I, I mean, as I knew that, yes, the Silver Age Superman was the is the Superman that can juggle planets. I didn't realize that young Superboy was also super so powerful, and if this happens in nineteen eighty. 6 87 when the story take uh was published uh it's not another six years june 1993 when we get con l connor kent uh at, yeah. at superboy so uh, there's another six years before the the name superboy is i assume mentioned on a regular basis yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah like because they did even have a superboy tie-in comic for the tv show but Again, it's so contradictory because it's like, you know, John Byrne is so adamant about, like, there is no Superboy. There is nothing, you know? Like, he finally caves and gives us a Supergirl, but that's the one that we've come to know as Matrix, the the shape-shifting protoplasmic alien from another dimension. And Earthbound Angel. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, and then later on she becomes part of uh, emerging with an Earthbound Angel. Um, But what's interesting is that Supergirl comes from the pocket universe there you go so we might have to visit some more issues of this so take your ulcer medicine and get ready (laughs) (laughs) all right there's the story there's your 101 i hope you were informed if you have any questions or would like to introduce some more information to us please find me on twitter i am at mitchipedia g-e-m g-e-m stands for geek elite media chris where can people find you online uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. My handle is stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. Uh, check out my comic book writings on Geek Elite Media's website as well as AIPTComics.com. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, GeekEliteMedia.com check out our patreon like i told like i said earlier there is exclusive material there that only exists if you're one of our patrons and which would be uh, our rundown of loki episode one on disney plus then whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us please rate and review us it helps spread the word of our network but until next time this is imagine if on the geek elite media network saying always remember to geek out geek out This concludes our broadcast. Beep.